everybody. Welcome back to Pillow Talk with Mark and B, the podcast where we just talk. I'm B, and I'm here with my lovely fiance. Hey, how's it going, B? I'm Mark. Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome. We have a very special podcast today. We have a guest. Yeah, like uh, in-house studio guest. Like Airbnb guest, <laughs> Panama guest. Like he's welcome, Quinn the Eskimo. Ooh, it's the fr- and I understand I'm the first guest ever in the new Airbnb. So that is quite an honor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's quite the situation. So we'll get into some of that. We're gonna share some. Uh, just life lessons. I don't know. Life stories. Just yeah. talk. He's a traveler. He's a <laughs> yeah. traveler. So we have some life lessons that I'm sure we can get. There yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Before we get into it, let's do some housekeeping. If you guys need to get a hold of us, please uh, reach out to us on Pillow Talk with Mark and B at gmail.com. We also have Facebook, Twitter. No, we're going to cut Twitter out. Nobody uses Twitter. We have Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, and TikTok. And you can TikTok. find us at Pillow Talk with Mark and B. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, you can go to Patreon. You can throw us a couple of bucks, a buck or two or three or 15. One time, somebody is throwing me $3,000. Yeah. So, you know, you just fucking just try to it. beat the record, I guess. <laughs> um, but we did get a new Patreon. Mikhail, thank you so much for supporting the show. Yeah, we really do you, appreciate thank it. Thank every, every dollar helps. Um, let's get into let's it. Get into let's it. get into it. Let's get into it. Okay, so... <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us a picture. Like you, you've been traveling for the last couple of years, but yeah. you, you're a father, you're a husband. Like, let, yeah, let I'm basically. Uh, so I'm basically in season three of my life right now. Uh, you know, my first my first season when I when I kind of started like becoming an adult was uh, was traveling on my own um, and uh, and just kind of adventuring. That was about to the age of 27. Uh, season two was I got married to uh, this crazy girl uh, who actually literally turned out to be a crazy girl, and uh, I had eight kids with her. Um, eight kids. <laughs> yeah. Hot damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at that time, we were we were uh, pretty deeply Catholic. Had kind of converted back to uh, well, I had converted back. We call I guess call it reverted. Uh, as I was a rebel when I was younger. But right, because you grew up in a very religious home. I did, yeah, but it was mostly like culturally religious. Like we grew up, I grew up as an Irish Catholic actually. Okay. And that's my first book that I'm writing. I'm almost done with that one. And it's, it's well, it's actually a two part book, but it's, it's called uh, Whiskey and a Sunday Reflections of an Irish Catholic. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, uh, and each of the song, each of the chapters is a different Irish song that we grew up playing. And then it kind of like related to a period in my life uh, as I grew through there. And it goes from like childhood. I just tell some stories, uh, and then uh, and then you know from, from from the songs they sang. And I was actually thinking about recording an album with it too, with oh, each of the yeah. songs. <laughs> uh, but then then I then when I got married, uh, started having kids. Uh, we'll go back to that now. So I uh, got married, started having kids. My wife developed mental illness uh, about ten years in, and. Uh, and then I just had to do everything on my own after that. I was basically a single dad. So I never, I stopped writing the book at that point. Yeah. Uh, and so now I'm in season, uh, the next season of my life. And uh, my kids are grown and off on their own, doing their own thing, becoming adults themselves. And actually most of them are travelers. And my oldest daughter's running a hostel in Croatia right now, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so they're doing the same thing I am. So, uh, but basically, uh, uh, corona hit, and I got. I ended up getting quarantined. Uh, I, I was single at this point, away from my kids, uh, and I could finally just take care of myself. And oh my gosh, I was quarantined in the most beautiful place in the world, uh, the the uh, Gulf of Mexico in Florida. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. But it's like, what the hell do you do all day? <laughs> uh, you know, when you've been taking care of other people for so many years, you forget who you are. 
Yeah. Uh, and you have to refine yourself. And so it was really such a tough situation because we were also quarantined. We were all, everybody was lonely, right? And so, you know, it, it it came to the point where it was like, all right, you're either going to put a bullet in your head or you're going to figure out, like, the next season who the hell you are and what yeah. you want to do with the rest of your life. You're only 53 years old. You got you got, you got a good portion of your life do left. Something. Hopefully, right? And so uh, in that moment is when I became Quinn the Eskimo. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I took the name Quinn the Eskimo from a popular song from Bob Dylan called The Mighty Quinn. And... <laughs> uh, and this, the lyrics to that song are very interesting because it's uh, it's all about these townspeople having like a uh, <laughs> going through the drudgery of their lives, and uh, and they're just they, but they're singing with hope about what's going to happen when this mythical dude Quinn the Eskimo gets there, and so uh, Quinn never appears in so in the song at all. Yeah. Uh, but it's like these people are just happy because they're thinking, man, when Quinn gets here, everything is going to be cool. <laughs> uh, right. And I was like, you know. I'm I'm tired of being a chaser and trying to get everybody to do the right things and work hard and be responsible. And yeah, chasing down eight little chasing, children. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm tired of doing that, and I want to become an attractor instead, Ooh. and bring people like so bring people to me. Uh, in other words, I want to be Quinn. Like when I'm coming to town, people are excited. Oh man, this dude's just so chill. Like this dude's yeah. just that's so funny. Uh, he's coming yeah. to town and he's bringing smiles. Yeah. <laughs> and literally, I saw your TikTok and I was like, oh my god, he's in Bocas. We need to meet. Him. Yeah, so, and this happens yeah. to me all yeah, over the world when I travel now. Uh, like people, people see me and they 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 call me the the most cheerful guy on TikTok. And they just go, man, I just want to meet this guy. He's so happy. I don't know how he's so happy, but he's so happy. I just it, Maybe he just comes and sprinkles some pixie dust on me. Yeah. And it's so funny, I meet with a lot of people like that. You video laughing. I know. You know what the funny thing is? I can say this on a podcast easier than I can say it on video. But, you know, listen, everybody has issues with themselves. And one of my issues is my teeth. Like, oh. I feel kind of ashamed by my teeth because, like, I'm a smoker. They're kind of yellow. I never had the money to get, like, good dental work. I lost a tooth in Thailand. A crown fell out. I'm really embarrassed mm. with that. You guys can see it, but the podcast can't. Yeah. And so, like, and but what I'm known for is can my I show smile. You I'm known for my smile. Ah, you have, ah, there we go. Yeah. They're just I get showing. It. Yeah. yeah. I fucking teeth. get it. And you then, know what's crazy, though? Like, from the outside looking at both your teeth they're fine like, like, yeah. they're not like they're well, not like yeah. you're not like you know, the people just, angle you're, you're insecure <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah 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 you know everybody's yeah. insecure about stuff sure. that other people don't even notice necessarily yeah but you know and social media can be very cruel too uh -huh. and if people if like if people are like mad at you for some reason or whatever like then then oftentimes what they'll do is they, they have this gift of being able to figure out the thing that you're actually insecure about and then trolling you on it. Yeah. And it's just fucking awful. Do you it's get cruel. a lot of that? I don't get a lot. Okay. No. But, I mean, well, you don't need a lot to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, Seriously. no, I have a really good community. And I also have a community that really defends me. Uh, mm -hmm. But, and I'm just nice to everybody. So, pretty much I don't get a lot of it. But you some people get a lot. Things, you know? So. Yeah. If you put good yeah. into the world, generally you're going to get good back. Uh, if you're nice to people. Yeah, that's the thing. If you were posting a bunch of TikTok nice. videos where you're like, fuck this place, I can't believe there's no... Like, just... Yeah, like you, we would you, not have invited you then, you yeah. know, if you were like, like a you negative person. You seem to person. find the yeah. magic in everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, but I can be an asshole, too. Like, I, I, I like <laughs> occasionally, to certain, to certain people, like, I hate misogynists. I, um, I, I can't stand cult members. Uh, things like that, like so. so and honestly, of the world, you like ninety nine percent of my of my content is just fun travel content yeah. or teaching yeah. or doing something jovial. But some of these people, these hypocrites, uh, some of the Christian Christian right wing hypocrites, like they just get my gander up. 
<laughs> and then those are the band the videos that I make. It's like nothing. Like I mean, I've, I've made like a, maybe in ten, and five of them got banned. <laughs> and and they and now my account That's is under crazy. warning. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, and it's just because See, this is what I mean about censorship. It's just yeah, because these like, no uh, these these censored. people that complain about cancel culture are actually the ones that are going and yeah. mass reporting people's videos. Hundred percent. And it's like, dude, you fucking babies! Like, oh my gosh! Like, such hypocrites! Like, you, you want your opinion, but 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 as soon as somebody else has a different opinion, you're going to come against them. So now what I did is I don't do any of that on my main channel, uh, which I think is actually good. Because, uh, and then I started another channel, and this is basically where I just rant and rave, and I do whatever the fuck I want to. I say yeah. whatever I want, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still nice and smiley, yeah, but yeah. I just, I, I, I just still tear new, you know, I tear people <laughs> new assholes also. So, can so, you tell us about <laughs> some of the places you've been in the last couple of years? Yeah, so, uh, so my travel started, uh, as soon as, as soon as the corona ban li uh, lifted, uh, my girlfriend Rachel and I at the time decided we're hitting the world. And uh, we got rid of everything. Uh, um, we had a little storage room, 10 by 10 storage room, mostly her stuff. I just threw a bag or two in there. I, I'm, I w I've been getting rid of stuff for years. Yeah. I'm just so like, I'm lightening my load, man. Yeah. So, uh, so basically, uh, we hit the road for Spain. And uh, what we did the first years, we lived out of Airbnb long-term stay program, the, that program. So we'd rent a house for a month for like ch change yeah. uh, and stay there for a month. And then from there, we'd just kind of journey out and also, but also like live with locals and stuff like that. So, so we started out in Spain, and uh, we lived a couple of different places in Spain. Then we went to southern Portugal, um, and then uh, actually her daughter came to visit us, and my son got stationed there. One of my sons in the military got stationed there, and so they kind of toured around uh, Portugal with us a little bit, and uh, that was super nice. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah. And then we were like, uh, our visa was running out because you get 90 days in the Schengen uh, countries in Europe. And so it was running out. We're like, okay, we've got to go somewhere that's not a Schengen country. And we were we were actually like, it was getting kind of cold. And we're like, all right, do we want cold or do we want to stay on a beach? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, because a lot of the countries that are not Schengen countries were going to be cold. It was going to be winter. It's going on winter, right? And so we're like, well, maybe we should just switch hemispheres. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah. And so we found, uh, we found that South Africa was welcoming um, Americans at the time on a 90-day visa. And they, they didn't have very strict COVID requirements, uh, which we liked. Uh, and we found a cheap flight there and a cheap house. And we met this really cool lady uh, who just really wanted us to come. Her and her husband had been world travelers too. And backpacked all over Europe and everything. Crazy. And her favorite place was South Africa. And so she just really wanted us to come. And we're, we're, we're like people, uh, you know, travelers. We, we find cool people and we hang out with them because <laughs> they, they know what's going on. So we moved to South Africa, and we lived uh, near Kruger National Park for a while, a um, couple of months, um, and that was great. It was a really cool place to live, but it was very rural, mm -hmm. uh, and it was very racially segregated still. There's a lot of problems there, um, but but all of our friends that we were meeting were saying, you must go to Cape Town, you must go to Cape Town, you must go, it's different, you, know, you must go to Cape Town. It's like a whole other country. So we went to Cape Town, and we loved it. It was like mm -hmm. literally our favorite city that we've ever traveled to. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was super cool and while I was there um, I made a TikTok just about how great Cape Town was and how happy I was that it was there that I, that I was there and I didn't realize that there was like this conflict between Joburg and Cape Town about like uh, it was like a rivalry oh. and so this uh, this TikToker from Joburg who's like some, I don't know some kind of like radio host or something picked it up and he came out against me made a video against me oh god damn like mocking me because I was supporting Cape Town right and so 
I made a video back, and then the Cape Tonians just like rose to my defense, <laughs> and the video like went crazy because I was like their boy. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know what was going on, right? But but they they were like, oh, there's our Quinn, man. He's <laughs> he's like defend. He loves Cape Town. Yeah, so I became somewhat of a of a, of a hero in Cape Town, and. Uh, I would when we would go out, people would recognize us from TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first place we got recognized, Crazy. and um, so we had such an extraordinary experience because we really got to know the locals. They they brought us out for brides. They took us yeah. to their homes. They uh, they they opened up their lives to us, uh, and 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 it was just absolutely amazing mm -hmm. uh, to to get to know the people in that way. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and so that was what made the experience so cool. Amazing. And that, even now they follow they follow me and they're like. When are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming yeah. back? Like we want you here. And like the other night, I was I was here at the hostel that I'm uh, working at now and staying at, and I I built a fire and I I spatchcocked a chicken over it and a bunch of other stuff, and um and I said I made him a video and I said I and my South African friends I'm Brian tonight whatever like they all commented back and because Brian is like a national sport there they literally call it their national sport everybody brys and there's a specific way you have to and do it and what is Brian it's okay so well if, all right now. If there's any South African listeners, don't get offended, but I have to explain this to a North American, okay? <laughs> so chill. All right, it's basically what we would call in North America, barbecuing, okay. right? Or grilling. Okay. But if you say that to a South African, they go, oh, no, 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 it's not the same, oh, right? Like there's, there's, because there's, okay, if you're going to barbecue, like in North America, you could light up a charcoal grill. Right. You could light up a gas grill, right? Or you could, you know, cook any numerous amount of ways. Yeah. And some people there would just like literally just get wood and build a fire on the ground and cook like that. Yeah. <laughs> but very few. Yeah. Okay. In South Africa, it's not a braai unless you do that, really. Oh. Like that's the authentic way to make a braai. You're cooking over a wood fire. Yeah. And you're co and 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 also like in North America, we would generally just do like one kind of meat. Yeah. We might cook some chicken. Hey, I'm grilling the chicken tonight, right? Sure. Or I'm making hot dogs and hamburgers and maybe have two things yeah. of meat, right? Or something sure. like that. But in South Africa, a braai customarily is going to include many different kinds. Oh, yum. And unique meats like lamb's tail <laughs> or like things like that. Like very intricately pre uh, uh, prepared meats and, and, <clears throat> and sausages and things like that. They come from their host of different cultures. Yeah. So there's 11 official languages in in South Africa. Okay. I mean, uh, and so and each of these has their own culture, and each of these brais as well. Right. So if you if you go to a to a to a brai out uh, uh, with the coloreds, it's going to be different than if you go with the Afrikaans. It's going to be different if you go with the, with uh, with the blacks. Yeah. With right. the Indians, whatever. Like there's so many cultures and languages there and styles, and then they also mix to some degree in Cape Town quite a bit. Mm. It's a it's a much more diverse place where people actually come together uh, and they mix, and so then they bring their uh, their cultures together. Uh, and so it's just a really it's a cool experience like to the point where like Archbishop Desmond Tutu who was a, who was really big there a big leader there uh, literally li literally stated like the braai is the <coughs> national sport of South Africa he was like famous for saying that like yeah so and it's a community too that comes together people come together at a braai yeah, yeah they yeah. drink they're drinking their beer they're it's like a block you know, party or yeah yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah yeah come let's so it's you. absolutely amazing man yeah, yeah. everybody braai's <laughs> And then after Cape Town. <laughs> All right, so after Cape Town, uh, what, well, we got caught there during Omicron, 
And so we actually kind of got screwed on our visa. We were running out on our visa. And then the, the uh, no, uh, North American countries and Europe basically banned South Africa because they, they discovered Omicron. Oh. Okay. And then this the, the nations, I don't know, I think it's the seven League of Nations or something like that, I don't know, in South Africa, a bunch of different countries there that are, are kind of united. They all banned Americans and Europeans. Oh. <laughs> and so, so we were stuck. So we're like in South Africa. We're banned by Europe and North America. And we're in South Africa. And we can't go to like other countries like Zimbabwe or right. Tanzania or anything like that, uh, Mozambique, because, well, we have an American passport. Right. And so one of the few places we could go is Thailand. One of the other ones is Costa Rica. And I found cheaper flights to Thailand. We decided to go to Thailand for a 60-day period. Um, both were cool with COVID stuff. Uh, so I went to Thailand. It's just crazy that you can there. go to some places in the world and they're like, come on in. And then other people are like, yeah. fucking freaking out over there. It's so <laughs> yeah, silly, Yeah, every man. country is different. Uh, Thailand was actually the most organized and efficient country uh, that we faced with COVID. That's uh, their, their program was actually phenomenal. A program called the Sandbox Program. Hmm. And uh, it, it was great. I, I mean, it, I had zero complaints about it. They were so organized and so efficient. And it was just easy. Uh, and so, so it was cool. Uh, I didn't mind it at all. Other countries were like not so, not so good. I mean, we got stuck one time with like a three hundred dollar COVID test that we had to pay oh. for because they wouldn't yeah. let us on an airplane. Yeah. Because we, they had said we didn't need a test, but we were laying over in a country that did need a test. Blah right. blah. Yeah. There's so much. It cost us three hundred dollars. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it just, I don't know. Just it, everything was different. But you know, nice. the thing about it is, like, I just, I just try to stay cheerful because, like. You're traveling the world, man. Yeah. Like everybody else is. is yeah, like when you're home, as, and you're traveling the world. Like, yeah, you're it's run great except for when you're just crossing you know, that border. So. But then it's great again, and then you just have to do that border, border crossing. Cross, and it's tough, just like man, fuck so. whatever. I've you gotta do it. I always wanted to go to Thailand, though. You know, I'll say Thailand was my least favorite place. Why? Uh, I I'm a people person. I want to talk to people. I want to get to know the culture and the local languages and the and the the local foods. And and for me in Thailand, the language barrier was just too great. Right. I couldn't really speak with the people, um, and so it was just it was difficult for me to, yeah. to get into these deep relationships like I did in many of the other countries. Yeah, yeah that makes. Sense. Uh, it was a very beautiful area. Uh, I I think the culture it's it, it seemed attractive to me like I w if I think I had spent more time there mm. uh, I would have gotten to know people yeah, and yeah. gotten to know the language but I was only there for two months right and you can't learn Thai in two months you really can't. <laughs> it's, it's it's completely impossible you'd have to be like a genius or something yeah so you just can't do it uh, and even if you could do it, it like you you're not having the conversations in the two months then you learn then you're leaving and you can't use it anyway yeah. <laughs> so you really have to spend some time learning it either before you co go there or you have to like spend time there uh, for a really long time to I think get really immersed into the culture yeah. you know the people right. that like it generally move there hmm. yeah we know some so, people who have moved to Thailand yeah like yeah or they're just introverted people who don't want to talk to other people yeah and which in which case Thailand is I highly recommend it like mm. because you could literally be around hundreds of people all right babe, and, let's be by, and be by yourself because like, mm. you know what I mean they don't you're not you're not even understanding each other you're just right. there's just energies around you yeah so so i don't know that, that's my take on it so yeah. amazing so then after thailand where'd you go so basically uh we, my girlfriend rachel and i broke up in thailand we just i just we just decided this is not compatible anymore we're gonna get into your dating life <laughs> don't worry about that it's pillow talk with mark and <laughs> there we go there we go we will get into my dating life so and i i honestly just needed some time to heal 
and get away from the toxic stuff. Okay. And so um, I took off. I went back to the U.S. I was planning on staying for a month because I was just road weary. Also, a lot of my shit was breaking. Uh, like a phone had broken. Um, a, a bank card had broken. Um, and it's really hard to fix shit from America when you're in Thailand. <laughs> right. You know, because yeah. they think you're oh getting because they think it's all a hack and a scam and things like that. Oh, I can't so, even imagine. So, like, you know, try to get a replacement debit card sent to Thailand. God. Yeah. Fuck no, dude. It yeah. ain't gonna work. Like yeah. they'll tell you, oh yeah, we'll do it, and then the fraud department will shut it, shut yeah, it down. And so sure. it's almost impossible. Yeah. So I had to get I had to go home and get a bunch of stuff fixed. I did that, but when I was there, I really just didn't like America at all. So I didn't. La- I only lasted like I don't know. Two, like two weeks. Oh my God, really? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, and basically because, no, well, number one, I was in the north and it was cold uh, and it was, it was, this is in, I think this is in like April, March or April, and it was snowing. Yeah. And I had, I, you guys, you have to understand, I've been living out of a backpack in Thailand. Yeah. I didn't even have any winter clothes. Oh my God. I mean, I had like bathing suits, tank tops, <laughs> flip flops. Because I had left my winter clothes in South Africa. Right. Uh, because I was planning on going back there. Uh, so. I, I'm literally like I'm freezing my ass off. <laughs> my buddy who I'm staying with is two sizes bigger than me, oh, no. <laughs> and so he's like giving me winter clothes and stuff. And my, I'm wearing size 13 shoes and you know, <laughs> freaking an, an XXL barn jacket, <laughs> and I just I feel like a freaking hobo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, and I don't want to go out and buy a bunch of clothes because I'm like, well, I'm only going to be here for a little while, and I yeah. I'm, then I'm going back to a warmer climate. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Because uh, I was planning on traveling around and going back to Florida first, grabbing stuff, and then maybe hitting South America. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so it, Rachel and I have been separated for a little while. Things just stayed really toxic, uh, and even though we were separated, she kept, kind of kept fighting with me and stuff like that. So I decided I'm not going back to Florida. Um, and my son, my oldest son, had called me, asked me to come to St. Louis uh, and visit him uh, for his birthday, him and his wife. And so I decided to do that. So I took this cross-country trip uh, across America on a Greyhound, mm-hmm. oh, uh, which was super fun. And I documented the whole thing. And my, my experience is I got to busk in some bus stations with my handpan. Uh, <laughs> I do a bunch of stuff. Met a bunch of characters. Um, oh, yeah. We kind I of love buses, skipped so. the fact that you can also pay, play 16 instruments. <laughs> so yeah, there's well. that. So the handpan, can you describe that? Um, yeah, well, why, let's just talk about it later and I'll go get it. Because okay. it's easier to describe it if you can just put it in front of them and play it. Well, I'm going to, like, but, there's yeah. videos on TikTok, so go look there. I'll post <laughs> something on Instagram. But, yeah. yeah, it's a cool instrument. I found it on YouTube and it's a very spiritual instrument. It really brings peace. And, me- and I use it for meditation a lot. Like, play it with other people as part of, like, coaching or um, uh, counseling efforts with people because mm-hmm. it can be really, really healing. Yeah. Uh, so, and that kind of fits, like, my new. My new thing is Quinn uh, in in this season, season which is si- which is as a single traveler, uh, and and what I've been doing is living out of hostels. I, I got sick I got sick of America very quickly, so after I visited my son, I was like, I'm getting out of here, and I bought a ticket to Costa Rica for uh, $125, one way ticket with a backpack nice. and a handpan, uh, and I spent uh, I spent three a little about three months in Costa Rica, um, just traveling around, got to know the Ticos there very well. Um, and they're just my people, man. <laughs> I loved that country. Oh my god! You gosh. gonna go back? Oh hell yeah! Yeah, yeah it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like Absolutely. how different it is. You drive <laughs> even just across. Yeah, the like we drive oh, thirty minutes. Oh my gosh, the spirit of the yeah, it's a, people. Yeah, it's a different place. It's an absolutely like amazing. Even yeah. though they're like, but yeah, Costa Rica is pretty cool. It's a cool place. 
Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Very, very, very friendly people. Very welcoming yeah. culture. Yeah, and I hit the FYP on TikTok there too. And so I got to know a ton of them. They'd come out and meet me and invite me I places. And I'd see them at restaurants or bars. And they'd be like, Quinn. <laughs> and then so, you hit the FYP really in Bocas, which is yeah. how I came. So then, this is kind yeah, of full yeah. circle. So I saw him. Wait, we can't go to Bocas yet because this is a funny story. Okay. So I was traveling at the time in Costa Rica with a bunch of different people. But the last portion of my travels was traveling a good, now a really good friend of mine, um, Alejandro from Guatemala who was tra- driving in a van from Guatemala to Brazil. I met him in La Fortuna, we became friends, and then we toured for, for uh, almost two months together. Uh, and became really, really close friends. But anyway, Alejandro kind of took care of me. Mm. Uh, and he was very organized and everything like that. And he was watching my visa for me and everything else like that, because I'm very paranoid about that. And I just, I have been taking care of people for so long, I love when someone oh. else takes care of me now. <laughs> yeah. And so, so anyway, the problem is that Alejandro forgot to take care of himself. <laughs> <laughs> and so what happened is we get to the border. We're in Puerto Viejo, and um, I, I know my visa is expiring in a couple of days. And we get to Puerto Viejo. We're, all right, we're going to cross over to Bocas, and uh, and we so we we spend a, a, a wonderful day, cut time in Puerto Viejo. We're crossing over. I'm perfectly fine. We get there. Alejandro's documents are expired. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so he had thought that he had a 60-day, uh, like a, a or a 90-day visa or something. Like that. I only had a 60. I don't remember what it was. Yeah. But anyway, he over he overstayed by 14 days. Uh, now that's not normally a problem, but when you overstay with a vehicle for 14 days, now we're looking at some problems. Huh. So he overstays his personal visa, overstays with his vehicle, and. He didn't realize this either. His vehicle was his his in, uh, registration was actually in spot expired oh, in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> and so they tell us they go they go, dude, you're in serious trouble here, man. Like yeah, uh, and we've got like I don't know two or three hours to cross the bridge, and um, before my visa expires at this point, oh, huh. no. right? So they're like, you're not cross. This van is not going anywhere. Uh, like you're you might be looking at some time in jail. <gasps> Whoa! So basically, to stay out of jail. Long story short, we had to go get five hundred dollars cash and bring them back and pay this uh, fine. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> a fine. I seen the and quotation marks. They let marks, us across. Yeah. They let us across the bridge, but they said they said if Panama doesn't let you in, they'll send you back here, and you will have to spend the time in jail. Yikes! <laughs> Crazy. So it was a kind of a so gamut. it was ab- it was absolutely nuts. We got it. We got over with fourteen minutes to spare, <laughs> uh, and Panama let us in no problem at all. They were they didn't require any money or anything. They were they were very very nice. Let us in. Well, they, I mean, he had to buy like insurance and stuff like that, but they didn't. There was no like you know, yeah. bribes or anything. Like that. Yeah, it was, it was very reasonable. Yeah, but boy, uh, we were so we were we were feeling kind of crazy there. And by the time so we we missed the ferry to Bocas is the story. Oh, and so we had to sleep in a parking lot on the side <laughs> of the road in uh in what's that? There's a town. Not, Almirante. No, it's Changanola. the next one up. Changanola. Yeah, Changanola. Yeah. So we stayed there, and then the next next morning we made our way down, down to uh, Almirante and, and hit the boat to Bocas. Oh my goodness! Uh, it, was, it was it was really cool. So um, it was an adventure. You yeah, know? yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So when we were in Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. I think that's when I first saw you on my TikTok FYP. Probably, yeah. And then I had seen you in Puerto Viejo, and never like just whatever, mm. cool. Like we're really close to each other. That's fine. <laughs> but now that I'm in this kind of circle, I see that kind of happen. But then all of a sudden you yeah. were in Bocas, and then you were staying in Bocas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Then you posted a video about how difficult traveling can be. Ah, yes. And yes. that's what got me. And I was just like, fuck, no. Like we got to do something. Yeah. We got to have a 
him over for the night. We'll give him a hot shower. We'll just like, we did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hot um, but yeah, so here you are. We picked you up yesterday. Yeah, it's uh, been we did amazing. Some fishing, kind of yesterday, off of our front dock. Yes, we with makeshift fishing poles and nails and his hooks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been quite the situation. It was nice. We we got a bunch of bites, but they just yeah. kept yanking the line right off. Yeah, and we it. need some actual fishing equipment. Then we'll be pulling out dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we made a lasagna last night, and then you pulled out the hand pen. I can't even, like, when he says that it's relaxing and soothing and, like, therapeutic, no. Like, that's the understatement of the year. <laughs> I've never felt, like, through my soul, I was, like, so relaxed and calm and, like, it was amazing. So thanks for sharing that because that Yeah, absolutely. We could actually play some, let him hear some right now. Okay. I know how we can do this. So this is me this morning on the dock. This is a little Game of Thrones inspired melody this morning. Yeah, it's <laughs> a beautiful, very nice. so that's, beautiful yeah. instrument. It's, it's a, it, like this morning when I woke up on your dock and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm in Paradise Reef. And I watched the sun come up and I just, I just played it to the sun coming up. It was like, <laughs> it was just so like deeply meditative. You know? Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, man. There's like just this different level out here of just peace and just there like. It really is. It's so yeah, you guys, you guys have really, you have your own slice of paradise here. It's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So, so of course this is Pillow Talk with Mark and Pillow Bates. Talk! So we get deep, you know. All right, let's go deep. Now, this morning you had, like, we're going to talk about your dating life. <laughs> okay. But this morning you had kind of brought up that you were the fixer in most relationships. Yeah. And we yeah. kind of talked about how most people do that at a cost of fixing themselves or loving themselves. They try to yeah. love everybody else at the cost of loving right. themselves. So what I want to do is talk about your dating life and then talk about how you kind of discovered that piece and how you're now kind of in this yeah. chapter where you're done with that right right yeah absolutely absolutely um i think like where, what i've learned now is that like uh that for you to really take care of somebody while still taking care of yourself means that it needs to be an overflow mm. it's you're we're like a cup right and and if our cup is full we overflow onto other people yeah uh if we don't what happens is we're pouring out of our cup and then our cup is empty <laughs> and other people are full <laughs> and so we're now we're hurt uh and so that's the key and that's that's the thing that's changed in my life i no longer have to solve anything for anybody yeah and i have no responsibilities nobody to take care of no duties whatsoever i'm happy to let everybody else be in charge for the first <laughs> time in my life so liberating. Uh, oh my gosh it's like and and that's the thing i fight i fight uh, between the freedom yeah. And the loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I'm the oldest of seven children. I had eight children. You know, yeah, I'm, that's a lot of people. It's, it's, I've always been around a lot of people. Uh, and uh, now, like, learning how to be alone is yeah. a difficult thing. What have you learned so, about yourself in all of this incredible alone time that you've kind of been handed? Um, all right, so we'll go deep. <laughs> <laughs> so... One of the things that I've been working on for the last two years is I, I do this thing called the 5 a.m. club. And uh, what I do is I'm a very early riser, and I norm I'm normally up by 5 o'clock. Uh, sometimes it's 6 o'clock here because of the time, time yeah. difference. But basically with the sun. I watch the sun. Yeah. And what I do is I basically don't do anything for three hours mm -hmm. except meditate, and I think, and I work on myself. Uh, sometimes I read. Um, sometimes I do yoga. 
whatever. But I basically have been working on what I call the four pillars of well-being. Uh, mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual. And two of these are masculine emotions, obviously the mental and the physical, which is why uh, in our society, which is male-dominated, those are the two that we've focused on, uh, right? But if you go to the gym and you just work out one arm, uh, you're going to look like a freak. If you work out two arms, you're going to look like a freak. We have to be, in order to be well-balanced people, we have to actually work out the other things. Yeah. And that means your emotional side and your spiritual side, because these are the two that our male-dominated society has repressed. Okay, and uh, and so I, I've made a conscious effort to work these two out. And by spiritual, I do not mean religious, because that's that's again, religion is another male-dominated thing that has dominated the spiritual uh, component of our well-being. Mm. <laughs> Interestingly enough, because it's a feminine emotion, it's the women who always run the church. They get everything actually done. It doesn't matter what your faith is; it's all the same. The women are doing all the work, but the men are the ones who are ruling everything. And so, and, and not only that, but the, but in as in history, what, they, what they've basically done is just, they've killed anybody uh, who who goes against them. So we're back to the physical again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so the physical comes and it, and it dominates the spiritual uh, and decimates anything that doesn't have to do with the current ruling uh, spirituality and religion. And that's basically the history of our entire developed world. Whether yeah. it's Islam, Christianity, uh, it doesn't really matter what it is. They're all the same. <laughs> They stamp out anything that, that doesn't suit their narrative. And so the problem is that, that now we have a repressed spirituality and we're not balanced. Uh, and so, and then the same with emotion, emotional stuff. Uh, so that's Before also Before we jump repressed. to the emotions, yeah. can you just define spirituality then? <clears throat> if uh, it's not like... It's, 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 uh, it's connecting with the divine. Whatever that is, okay. uh, for some that's trees. The Druids have had an amazing uh, nature so, religion. For some, it's uh, so it's you know, kind of just really connecting matter. with something outside of yourself, almost out, like some type of yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's connecting with the the energy of that universe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's something out there, guys. Obviously, yeah, we know that. In fact, there's a really interesting story about. But the, look this up. Like the, I think it's called the uh, Sol- Solarian uh, hypothesis, mm. and it's about the fact that there's like there. It, why would it be weird for us to believe that there was intelligent life on this planet before the Ice Age, for example? Right? I mean, why would there not be? Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. it, like, we know that things go in cycles. Yeah, and when right? you hear how old uh, the Earth is, and you're like... Exactly. Like, we're yeah, like, it's so naive to think that we're the end-all. <laughs> right, all right. It's just so, so dumb. And so, it's so fucking like, But the, the idea that there might have been an intelligent race is easy to believe. Yeah. Now, why is it not important to believe that they might have been more intelligent or more advanced than us? Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps they even created us, yeah. right? In some lab somewhere uh, to oh work God, and, then we had to and farm for gold <laughs> from the earth. Like gold is disappearing from the earth and has been disappearing from the earth. Where is it going? Yeah. Like it, you can look at the, like the, the levels of gold in the earth. It's all it's like it's either being hoarded by somebody or it's been taken off the earth. Who knows? Maybe we're just in, like semi-intelligent worker bees <laughs> for an intelligent God, race, which is like so, which is like you. you know stealing the gold because they have to like rebuild their atmosphere with gold and. and I, I mean. <laughs> You know, I don't know. So but listen, is this any fucking crazier than Christianity? Yeah, no. It is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and half the damn world believes in Christianity. So, like, wait, wait a second. You were born as a sinner, right? You're born as a sinner. You didn't do anything. You're born as a sinner. You're just evil from this, the time you start your your life. And then what you need is God, who says, Who's "Oh well, well, you're God, you're so way. evil that what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my own son and have him come down and I'm going to slaughter him for your sins." Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And that's I want no part of that shit. That's after yeah, wiping like, the whole world. <laughs> yeah, there's like, a couple floods, a couple yeah. genocide, a yeah, exactly. couple cities that he just demolished. Right, like, right, yeah, right, no, right. Good. Like, <laughs> pass. And so, yeah. So, and 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 the thing about it is, like, if you look at G- the character of Jesus and you look at the, the 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 first Christian church, there's a document called the Didache, and that's where that was like instructions for Christian living uh, in the early church. These people were th- expecting that that Jesus would come back. In weeks, mm. months, yeah, a year, yeah, a year that's and a half. Embarrassing. They, yeah, that's embarrassing. They were not in- expecting that, like, the return of the earth was going to like go on for thousands of years yeah. before yeah. the Messiah came again and smote everybody. Yeah. No, because because they, the, what happened is the power struggle took over in the church, and they started to make rules. <laughs> And it got worse and worse, and then and then because the church became so advanced, then it started taking over civilizations mm. and mixing with monarchies and everything else like that. And it's going to be just this power thing. But that's yeah. not how the original church started out. It actually started as a good thing. They they shared everything in common. Yeah, the uh, reason, they helped each other. They lived together. They were communal. The reason we have uh, hospitals and orphanages right now are because of the church. Yeah. Well, and that was later in the charity of the church. But mm. even in the very beginning, I mean, like these people. Because they expected thing that this wasn't going to last long, it was literally like they were like a hippie commune, uh. and and they were cheerful, they were happy. The Romans were coming. If you read like any of the, like the the Roman uh, history that's been documented, the Romans didn't know what to do with these people, they, because they're like no matter what we do to them, they're kind, they're laughing, they're smiling, they're happy. Like that's how Christianity spread in the early church, mm. because there's like for things are just different. These people love their life. Right. They're celebrating when they get put in prison. They're celebrating right. when we slaughter them. Like. Uh, ah, well, this is amazing, right? That's how th- that that was how the church grew, but then it went into this power struggle, you know, and then and but then it did some good things too: hospitals, orphanages, universities, all sorts of stuff like that. But but uh, yeah, I mean, there, the, the male-driven uh, society wasn't wasn't all bad. We did need we did need some power in the beginning, but uh, to take over things and grow things and <laughs> fight wars and shit like that. But I think the time is up where we don't really need that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I think we will always need that because there will always be crazy fucking men out there yeah. who are wanting harm on you. So well, yeah, calling, really calling other men to accountability now is probably our biggest job. Yeah. But you can't really. Like, you're never going to call a Muslim terrorist into accountability. That yeah. person will always be there wishing well, death upon and, you. And the, Mus- and, and the Muslims would say you're never going to call a Christian terrorist. And I would say that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right? I would like, say the same thing. See, and that's the, the thing same, about so. it. Like, there will always be other people out there who are going to try to force their course, shit yeah. on you. So you there's never yourself. a chance. You should never put down your masculinity because you always need it to defend yourself yeah. from those other fucking yahoos up there. Yeah. Well, definitely, yeah. And and not only that, but the the uh, the the four pillars of well-being are not just like men are men are are two of those and, and women are the other. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. all yeah. have a masculine and a feminine yeah, side. For sure. And you should and all our, use both. Or exactly. all I, I, I like what you're saying exactly. about like your body. It's yeah. like yeah, you, you see those guys at the gym where it's like so you skip leg day every day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so, so so you skip spiritual day and. Uh, Emotional day yeah, every day. Like you exactly. It your mind and, and, it yeah, yeah, yeah. and you guys, the cool <laughs> thing about this is this. Like this is one of the things that I teach about this. Like like when like if you, if I'm going to go work out my mental state or my physical state, I have an expectation of what's gonna happen. I can yeah. say I'm gonna work out my physical body. I know if I go to the gym, thirty days I'm gonna look like this, sixty days I'm gonna look like this and put this weight on, I'm taking yeah. these supplements, blah 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 blah, right? Well, the thing is about our when we, when we have a, a, an actual intentional growth session on an emotional or emotional being, what do we actually expect will happen? Right. If you do that for thirty days, what like you have to be able to dream a little bit. 
and figure out what you like what what am I gonna be able to do because yeah. new skills are gonna come man hundred yeah. percent I'm reading this book actually it's so interesting that you say that I'm reading this book about emotional trauma and how it affects you as a child into your adulthood and all that stuff yeah and it talks about this one this guy's son he had a bunch of allergies and like sicknesses and whatever and he was basically bedridden and super tired all the time but he had some energy when he was like at five o'clock so the rest of the day he would spend on social media and like he hated himself he hated who he was he didn't have friends he didn't have huh. a community any of that then he went to he had energy at 5 p.m so they put him into an acting class the first role that he got was this kid who was like a street thug and so his father saw him walking in the kitchen kind of strutting his stuff acting like a street thug <laughs> because that he had to get in character right. his second role was like a like ladies man so he had to get into character and just making like pushing those things in your mind and pretending to be that threw him in this whole other life where he all of a sudden got confident at home and uh, got confident at school and then was able to play me. this role that he had kind of just put himself into. Mm. So it's interesting when you say that where you're like actually no put yourself into the position you would be in in 30 days, yeah. 60 days because you can Yeah, you, know, you have to have those it. expectations. You have to actually really believe it's going to happen. Blindly enter a room <laughs> and hope that something's going to happen. Yeah, right. I know it's like going to the gym and like you don't even you have no expectations, you don't know how to use the equipment, yeah, you don't know just anything. Your you're arms just like, around. I'll get on this one and do this. That's and so interesting. And honestly, it, the other interesting thing and I'll relate this back to being a dad, but like uh, when you, when you first learn your kid first learns how to walk, mm -hmm. they like you from go from crawling to walking, they always hold on to something, they're like kind of stumbling around and then they right. fall and get back up and Finally, they make it across the room in your arms or whatever, and you're like, ah, great, or we're all happy, you know, and but the next thing you know, they're running around the house. Yeah. <laughs> right? Jumping and climbing, all sorts of stuff. And the thing about it is, like, that's what the de my development has been like. Mm. Uh, for when I'm, I've been working on this emotional and spiritual stuff, like, I feel like a toddler. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. Yeah. And already miraculous shit is happening. And Season by miraculous three, shit, I say, I mean that, like, you know that's just the Christian word, if you will, of like something we don't understand yet. So we'll call it a miracle and attribute it to somebody. Mm. Uh, but that's not really it. It's it's really just that we don't understand it yet. I don't understand this yet, so I say it's miraculous yet. But the funny thing is, is like I'm starting to understand yeah. it. More and more is coming. The universe has been sending me people yeah. uh, in some crazy ass ways. I see visions of them before they come. Weird. I know things about them. Uh, I, I've been able to connect with different people. Uh, in this energy universe and um, talk to them uh, I've, I've had been able to heal some people from different traumas and things like that uh, it's been pretty crazy man Amazing. and it's and I'm expecting more because I'm working on it three I've worked now over 2,000 hours on this Amazing. over the last two years and so I've been training myself uh, to do stuff like that and it's it's been pretty cool, man. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah that's incredible. That intentional time every single morning yeah. for yourself, yeah. and then bringing that back into it, that dating thing because you spent most of your life kind of taking care of. If you wasn't your wife, it was the eight kids, and then it was the right the second wife or like the girlfriend. Sorry, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like so, you spent most of your time kind of taking care of yourself, and now that you or taking care of others, other people, yeah. And now that you're so intentional about taking care of yourself, yeah. Look at where life has brought you. Yeah. My yeah, God. it's been great actually. It's been it's been really great. And I in this stage of my life and um I'll say uh that uh, what I one of the things I've done is I've just said I'm just going to say yes to new experiences. I was telling you guys this last night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say yes to new experiences. And so that has been the best thing I've done. Uh because like people say, "Oh, hey Quinn, um 
You want to? I'd love to travel with you. you want to? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And then I end up in Corcovado National Park with this Austrian and this German. It's like one of the best experiences <laughs> I've had. Uh, great friends for life. Um, because I said yes to something. It was one of the hardest, like physically exerting hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, for an old smoker, uh, boy, <laughs> it was tough. I mean, you had to forge rivers and climb switchback trails <laughs> in the rainforest and shit. It was and cart all your like all your gear and your food, everything. So it, yeah, it was beating. Yeah. But it was also super super fun. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so I've been I've been just been saying yes to things like that, and then miraculous shit happens. Yeah. Um, which has been really cool. So, yeah. uh, and the funny thing is, it's been I've been identifying it with places. Mm. Uh, certain places have like just I don't know they have a really good energy and there's a power there. Right. And there, there was this one place in San Jose, uh, Costa Rica backpackers. It was a hostel. And any time I went there, like literally, I went there like four times. And every time I went there, something cool happened. Like I met a cool person. Huh. There was some sort of energy exchange with with something that I that I would consider like I just absolutely like. Yeah. A life-changing experience. Wow! Hmm. And it happened every time. <laughs> and, 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 and funny, actually, the last time I was there, I was waiting for it to happen because I knew it was going to happen. And I knew, uh, so it was me and Alejandro went there. We were on our way to Puerto Viejo, so we had to stop by CRB and, because we're supposed to pick these two guys up uh, and um, take them with, to Puerto Viejo with us. And he's like, "Oh, how do you know this?" I said, "I don't. You, you know me by now. I just know this." <laughs> and so we go there. And we, it's really odd because there's like nobody there. Yeah. And we're like, wow, this is weird. This place is usually packed. Yeah. So we stay there for a couple of days. And I go, well, I mean, maybe I, I really feel like I'm right about this, but I don't know. Maybe it didn't work this time. Yeah. And so we're literally just about to leave. And, um, and like all our stuff is in the van. And I, 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 just, I just go back out to the smoking section out there, which is like where, and that was our, where our van was parked. And this is where I've met everybody that I was supposed to meet in huh. the same spot. And, uh, and I, I feel this so fucking strongly. I go, no, these guys are coming, man. Like, I this is going to happen. Uh, and so, so I'll back up a little bit. So I met this girl, Jenny, there uh, while I was there. And we became really, really good friends. And we had a really good energy exchange uh, to the point where, like, I, I saw, like, her whole, like, future life. Mm. And, uh, and... <laughs> And I had never had any visions about Alejandro, even though I've been traveling with him. But now I had one about him because it was connected to Jenny. Oh. And 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 the vision I had uh, this is a long story, but the vision I had of Alejandro was uh, he was going to be living in France, and he had he had a couple of boys uh, with him, sons. Uh, and and uh, anyway, long story short, but uh, but basically he was uh, so when I told him about it, he said, "Well, man, I don't know. Living in France, I didn't think I would ever do that." Um, uh, I'll need some confirmation of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Sure. And so just then, this guy walks around the corner. And I, I look at him, and I know it's one of the guys we're supposed to wait to, 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 to pick up. Yeah. Instantly, I know it's him. And I go, dude, I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? He, <laughs> looks, he looks at me. He's like, the fuck are you? <laughs> and I go, you don't know me yet, but we're going to be really good friends. Like, <laughs> uh, and, 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 uh, and so he gets up closer to us. He looks at Alejandro, and Alejandro says, ah, hey, man, where are you from? And he goes, France. <laughs> oh, my God. And Alejandro looks at me. He's like, "Holy shit, dude!" <laughs> and so this is why we were waiting for them because I had to have time to tell Alejandro the story, and then he had to have his confirmation. <laughs> but I was still a little bit confused because I said, "I thought there were two of you." Just then, another guy walks around the corner, and it's his buddy traveling with him. He's from friends too. Oh my god! <laughs> and so we go, we go. Oh my gosh! Okay, I said, "God, I knew it." And you guys are going to Puerto Viejo, right? And they go, "Yeah, we're going to Puerto Viejo. We're going to leave today. We're just about to buy our bus tickets." And we're like, you're not, you're not buying bus tickets. Hop in the van. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they came with us, and they spent the time with us in, in Puerto Viejo. 
uh, for three days, and it became great friends of ours. So, so I have a question. <laughs> sure. And you understand this, I think, because of your religious background and all that stuff. I feel like I have people in my life, mother-in-law, for example, who very much believes in all of this stuff. Like, you've got your spiritual gifts, you've got, like, the pro- prophetic word, the gift of music, blah, I don't even know, blah, blah, blah. Right, gift of tongues. You, I would say, would probably have prophetic word, maybe. But how do you, like, in the church, when you were leading the church, missions field, all that kind of stuff, you did you have these gifts then? I did, actually, yeah. So how do you describe them now? Like, where, because before they were from God. They right? they weren't as good, they weren't as strong as they are right now. Interesting. Uh, because, um, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm intentionally working on them now without the constraints of religion. Interesting. And so I've been able to go a lot stronger and a lot deeper than that. Um, Whereas I wasn't able to do that with the religious stuff, but I, I was actually part of like a, like ministry for almost fifteen years, and I did do a lot of I did do a lot of that stuff. I spoke in tongues and prayed over people, and uh, I had visions and stuff like that. Um, and and it was very real. Uh, and and I mean the way that I attribute it now, the way I look at it now is that is that like uh, there is a truth to 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 all of the religions. Yeah, uh, there's power in all of them because we're con- we're connecting with the universe. Uh, in all of them, there's also limitations in all of them, mm-hmm. and I think the most spiritual people are the ones, and the most powerful people are the ones who are willing to glean uh, the nuggets from each of them. <laughs> you know, if we look back even through history, like uh, like even take Catholicism, which is what I grew up in, uh, much of Catholicism is stolen from other religions. Yeah, uh, Zoroastrianism, <laughs> even uh, lots of them, ancient ancient religions, yeah. uh, and even even a lot of the pagan re- religions and rituals. Yeah. Right. So it's and, and that's one of the reasons why. It, it became such a powerful uh, religion, and, it's, and 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 genuinely powerful spiritually. Like, like real miraculous shit happened too, mm-hmm. right? That, that that was like supernatural, if you will. Yeah. You know, the bodies of of incorrupt saints or yeah. things like that. I mean, you know, the, and and to me, that's not a Catholic thing because it happens in all religions. It happens right. in Islam too. It happens in Ju- Judaism. It happens in uh, whatever native native religions and indigenous religions. Like there's always things like that. There's the bringing back to life. Mm. There's the there's you know whatever the 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 ability for your body not to be harmed is is a commonality in a lot of these religions. Like yeah. a sacrificial person is, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 as old as humans are yeah. have been here. We've had this stuff. So I think you can get power from it, from any of it or none of it, um, and and the thing is not being constrained by it and controlled by it, in my opinion. So very interesting. <clears throat> so what would you give advice? Like if somebody was gonna just sell all their shit and backpack around the world, what would you say that they absolutely like real life shit? It's not just like yeah, yeah. fantasy land on TikTok. Um, I mean, I'll say I'll say a lot of things. Like like uh, first is. If you if you're waiting for the perfect time for it to happen, then you're going to be waiting forever. It's time to just take a leap of faith and just live the life you want to live, mm-hmm. and figure it out. Like, listen, jump off the fucking cliff and build the airplane on the way down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just—it's never going to be perfect. You just have to do it. Yeah. 
And well, like, even, like, for us moving here, we're yeah, like, yeah, we your got a five real plan, but it's like, no, we just got to fucking go do it. Right, And then now right. look what happened. You know, yeah. you go do it and, and you accomplish it. And you make your mistakes along. Listen, you're going to make mistakes in the life you're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to run into trouble. You're going to have things break. Stupid you're going to be water. broke. You're going to whatever. Like, all, you're going to have problems in life no matter where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So you may as well be where you want to be. And, and it's not going to be perfect. And that's, I think, the video you saw that I made uh, that you're like, traveling so hard yeah it, it is and like and I, I it was really difficult for me to make that that video to be honest with you because very like authentic I, yeah I wanted to be authentic and and uh, really give people like a taste of what my life is really genuinely like mm -hmm. without asking for some help I wasn't asking for help yeah uh, I like I, you had impact and yeah and I mean I ended up getting help uh, from a lot of people but I, in other words I wasn't asking for anything I just genuinely wanted to share yeah. uh, that listen you, you see the life I lead and you guys are always like Quinn you're living the life and it's like, it's like so sometimes awful. you're not living the life Everything has sometimes its it sucks yeah uh, you know shit happens and, and it's hard work yeah you guys know that I yeah. mean you just fixed your water pump, right? It's been you haven't had water for days. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of that's the kind of shit that happens to us on the road. Yeah. But that can happen to you in the U.S. or in Canada exactly. too. Uh, and so, or other things can happen to you. I mean, I remember like a washing machine breaking. When you have eight kids and your washing machine breaks, let me tell you, you fucking do anything in the world to fix that washing machine. Yeah. And if and if, if you got to go pay three hundred bucks for a new used washing machine. Uh, then you're gonna do it even if for two weeks your paycheck doesn't come in and you need the 300 bucks. You go get a loan, you go figure it out, you sell something because yeah. you need to do it. Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah. It absolutely sucks. Yeah. But you know, air conditioner goes out in Texas. But let me tell you, you yeah. you'll sell your first child and <laughs> get that air conditioner back on. Life sucks. It you know, it just sucks wherever you are. Yeah. But the thing is, like I here, I teach a philosophy called nine times one, and I, I can't. This is one of the things I've come up with uh, in my two years like of study of this stuff. Uh, is basically like people ask me all the time. They say, Quinn, how do you stay so cheerful? You're always cheerful. Nothing seems to bother you. Just everything rolls off your back. I say, well, it's it's, it's intentional. <laughs> I, this is a learned trait. I taught myself yeah. how to do this. Um, and the good news is, hey, I can teach you. Yeah. So so this but this is my philosophy. Ninety percent of life is good. It doesn't really matter where you are. At least ninety percent of your life is is, is genuine. Is pretty is pretty yeah, good. Depending on how right? you look at it. Okay. So so all you have to do is you have to focus. The nine times one philosophy because the ten percent that sucks really fucking sucks, right. and so we always focus on that. Oh, this happened. Oh, this happened. Oh, this happened. Then we're in the negative cycle, and we're spiraling into negativity, and now we're creating more negative things and more negative shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what we have to do: we don't even have to do anything crazy. We don't have to like be like, oh, I'm gonna run out and be super positive all the time. We don't have to do that. Yeah. All we have to do is be equal. We yeah. just be fair. Yeah. So when I'm in a situation, any situation. All I have to do is give equitable treatment to the ninety percent and equitable treatment to the ten percent. Yeah. Anytime anything bad bad happens to me, I just start looking for. Uh, this is why I have this tattoo here, Dolce Far Niente. It's the sweetness of nothing. It's an mm. Italian phrase. And it basically means like you can find beauty in any situation yeah. that you're in. There's something in every situation that you can find beautiful if you dig down deep enough. Hundred percent. Okay. And so the thing about it is. When you start finding those things, that's your 90%. And I say nine times one because you, you'll definitely find nine of them. Yeah. To, but I'm telling you, by the time you get to three, you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even need nine. All of a sudden, you're thinking, holy shit, like, this is something beautiful about the situation I'm in. This is like, like when I, when I got my stuff stolen and I was like basically like homeless and, and, and broke in Bocas, 
the, the beauty I found was like, and I made a video about this, I said, you know what? I'm able to now understand what being homeless feels like mm -hmm. and being powerless feels like yeah. and what these people go through on the regular. And I'm just stuck for a day or two, right? Yeah. So, so that was able to put me into a, a, a gratitude state. And, so, and then the next thing I, was, I had gratitude for was I have skills. I'm a musician. I can go busk and make some dollars. Right. Uh, I, I have marketing skills. I can go and work at this hostel and, 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 and do some marketing for them in exchange for a room. Like, and so immediately I, I started thinking of all these positive things. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I was like, dude, this is actually kind of cool, man. It's a, yeah. new, it's a new experience. I was happy about it. Now, I still wish I didn't get robbed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it would be easier if I didn't get robbed and I actually had some money. But, you know, it's still now I'm at least cheerful yeah. in this situation. 100%. And that's all. I, that's all you got to do. Good for you. You're, <laughs> I always say that there's a reason you meet people, and like we're we're so happy to have met you and have you here for the for this. Like, I'm. Can you give the listeners your social media handles? Oh yeah, it's Queen Eskimo okay. on all platforms. Uh, so TikTok is the one you'll obviously find me on the most, but you'll find me on Instagram from that too. Um, I don't do much on there, but message and repost some TikTok videos. Because I'm just too lazy. <laughs> but on TikTok, I post every day. And I don't know if you guys heard that, but he did recently get robbed. And so <laughs> he does have a link on his TikTok. If anybody wants to support him, he would uh, obviously very much live appreciate Live vicariously that. through him, but you yeah. got to throw him a couple bucks to do that. <laughs> he can't just live off of his life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the nice thing is on there, I've, I've started, because people have been so, uh, they've been so generous about telling me, like, that they're living vicariously through me and that I'm impacting them. And so, and they say, how can we support you, Quinn? And so now... I have this like subscription program on there. Like, buy me a cup of coffee for three dollars a month, or sponsor yeah. a hostel stay for fifteen dollars a month, and that oh, has cool. been so great because I don't want people to just like give me like stuff all the time unless I'm bringing value to them. Yeah, you no, know. That's and awesome. So I feel like I'm bringing value to them, and and they've they've determined that I'm doing that and kind of asked me to do this. Yeah. So now I'm doing it, and uh, yeah, Good we'll see. You. Put yourself out there and see what happens. So. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. Honestly, yeah, really super it. fun, super fun. Um, we'll do it again. Yeah, we're so happy to have met you. And <laughs> if anybody wants to get a hold of us or get in contact with Quinn, reach out to us. We'll get you guys in contact. Uh, feel free to reach us on Instagram or TikTok at Pillow Talk with Mark and B and uh, through our email at Pillow Talk with Mark and B at gmail.com. Yeah, and you can find out more about me at my website too, which is QuinnTheEskimoRocks.com. I have a little blog there and Beautiful. stuff like that. So. Awesome. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, we're going to go do some boat stuff, I think. All right. Let's do it. Onwards and upwards. Very good. Very good. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Adios.